Welcome back to another episode of Confessions from the Sidelines. And I'm your host, Sarah L. Coward. I am so excited to share this episode with you today. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our partners. Privacy laws make it difficult to help your adult children in an emergency. Power of attorney documents for your young adult children is a must-have. These are something you hope you'll never use, but when your adult child has an unexpected health or financial emergency, these documents ensure that you have the power to help. That's why I partnered with Mama Bear Legal Forms, where they make it easy to obtain the proper documents for you as a parent. Click the link in the show notes and be sure to use the code SLC20, that's SLC20, at Mama Bear Legal Forms to get yours today. Your student has chosen their school, they've got their roommate, and now comes the fun part of decorating their dorm room. Dormify is a one-stop shop for everything you need for your dorm room, from furniture essentials to even some amazing storage options. Dormify has just what you need to make the most out of your dorm room space. Head on over to dormify.com to check things out. Be sure to use the code Sarah L. Cowart, that's S-A-R-A-H-L-C-O-W-A-R-T at checkout. Now, on to today's show. Today's guest is Andrew Moses. Andrew is an expert on leadership, teamwork, and career development. He hosts the Everybody Pulls the Tarp podcast and has interviewed over 100 Olympians, pro athletes, TV stars, CEOs, best-selling authors, and other high performers about their secrets to success. He is the VP of Business Development and Marketing at Morgan Franklin Consulting, a national advisory firm that helps companies solve complex finance, technology, and business challenges. Here is my conversation with Andrew. Andrew, welcome to the show. Sarah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. I am so thrilled. You know, I... I say it on the show a thousand times and people probably get tired of me saying this, but I love doing this show because I get to connect with all types of people in all types of industries. And so you and I actually connected on social media through Instagram, which I feel like a lot of my connections happen that way too, which our student athletes have been really using that as well. But so tell everybody a little bit about what you do, who you serve, and also you have a podcast too. Yeah, Sarah. Well, it's 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 great to be here, and I I totally agree. I mean, the opportunities to to connect with people through whatever you know you're passionate about is 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 so important, and that and I think that's been something that's been so critical to my career and to my personal and professional life is is what you just described there, connecting with people through things that you're interested in, you're you're passionate about, like minded people who want to mastermind around stuff. But to answer your question about me, so. I, I'm a CPA by trade. I, I went to Penn State University, with, uh, got a degree in accounting, worked for one of the big accounting firms, and uh, started to pivot my career uh, shortly after, after you know, getting my first job. Uh, I, I, I went to work for a, a national management consulting firm called Morgan Franklin that I still work uh, for today. Over 13 years ago, I, I joined the firm. And I, I, joined, I joined the firm to uh, be a project manager in uh, on finance and accounting consulting projects. But a few years after that, I pivoted my career again. And since that point, I've been uh, leading our marketing and sales team. So I, a complete uh, pivot from you know the accounting and the numbers to a marketing and branding career. But the, how you and I connected was was around my my podcast. Everybody pulls the tart, which is. Uh, a personal, a personal project, personal mission that I'm on to uncover the secrets of success. So every week, 
on the Everybody Pulls the Tart podcast. I interview Olympians, pro athletes, CEOs, TV stars, best-selling authors, and other top performers from all walks of life about what makes them successful. And most importantly, the power of leading by example, which I know is a topic that we're going to, uh, we're going to talk about, I'm sure, in our conversation. Yeah. And I I love that so much because you get to bring all these people on who have already reached this level of success. And I know from my standpoint, we're kind of on the back end of that. We're like, where I'm helping parents and students really think about what does that look like to start that journey to get there. But before we really dive into that, I want you to tell a little bit of that story of where did everybody pulls the tarp come from? Well, great question, Sarah. I get that question a lot. So the everybody pulls the tarp phrase is a is a philosophy that I live by. And on my first one of my first internships when I was in college, I I worked for a minor league baseball team. I I was interested in the front office of sports and pursuing a career in that and down that path. And I I went in on my first day working for the minor league baseball team. And they take all the interns and they put us in a conference room. And the supervisor says, It's great that you're all here. You're going to learn a ton this summer. Tomorrow, I want you all to bring a pair of old clothes so we can put them in the locker room and you can help the grounds crew pull the tarp on and off the field when it rains. And most of us, including me are like, huh, we're here to learn the business of sports. I thought I was going to do some marketing, some accounting, some, some ticket sales. This is, you know, maybe I was going to, you know, help, help, uh, help a player, uh, you know, with something, you know, baseball operations wise. And here I am being asked to pull the tarp with the grounds crew. So somebody asks, well, what, what do you mean we're going to pull the tarp? And they explain, they say, we have the same size field as the, the, the major leaguers, right? Yep. We have the same grass. Yep. We have the same dirt. Yep. But the difference is our grounds crew is a fraction of the size of a big league grounds crew. So in the minor leagues, everybody has to pitch in. Everybody needs to pull the tarp. The CEO, the CFO, the head of ticket sales, and all of you interns, we're all going to help the grounds crew get that tarp on and off the field. And we did that. You know, probably 15, 20 times that that summer. And I also helped with other odd jobs. I I inflated the moon bounce. I drove players uh, back to their condos. I parked cars. I, I, I helped out in ticket sales. I put stickers on cup holders, you know, that for a new a new promotion. I sold merchandise. I dressed as the mascot. I did it all, Sarah. And, you know, as I went on into my career and I didn't I didn't go into baseball or, or sports as I talked about, I started to realize something pretty early in my career. And especially once I had the opportunity to manage people and hire people was that the people that were the most successful, the people that I wanted to work with the most, that were the most enjoyable to be around and the biggest contributors to the overall success were these people that I started calling the tarp pullers, the people that you know were willing to do whatever it takes. They didn't say it wasn't their job. They didn't think there was a task that was beneath them. And since then, I've, I've really um, been passionate about this everybody pulls the tarp philosophy. And I believe, you know, in my heart of hearts that great teams and great organizations are powered by tarp pullers, people who are willing to do the unexpected outside the boundaries of their job description to make a big difference. And what I've learned is that, you know, individually, you achieve more success when you're willing to do more for others. And it's interesting how that all works. But that in two or three minutes is the everybody pulls the tarp mindset. Gosh, I love that because I'm thinking of our like high school student athletes. And they're like, you know, we talk on the show that only 7% of high school athletes go on to play their sport in college. 
A lot of them choose not to, like, it's just not the passion. They don't want to put in that time. Totally fine. But then that 7% to get them there, it's a lot of this behind the scenes work. It's no longer about being just a star athlete. 100%. And I mean, there's so much proof to that. And, and I've interviewed so many elite college coaches who, when I ask them the question, besides talent on the field or on the court or on the ice, what are you looking for on the recruiting trail? You hear consistently that they're looking for those extra things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who, you know, can throw a baseball 94 miles an hour. There's a lot of people who can score a lot of goals on the, on the soccer field. There's a lot of people who can, who can hit three pointers from long distance on a basketball court. But what are the differentiators? How do you differentiate yourself? What type of teammate are you going to be? That's yes. what, how coachable are you going to be? And, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to a conversation I had with NC state basketball coach, Elliot Avent, uh, NC state baseball coach, Elliot Avent. And, you know, he said to me, you know, you think that as a recruiter, you're watching what happens once the game starts and before the game ends. He said, I get to the field early. He said, I want to see who in batting practice picks up balls off the grounds and put them back, put, puts them back in the basket. I want to see who's the first out there after the game. I want to see who puts more work in. Those are the things that, that, that coaches are looking for. People who are, are showing uh, the temperament uh, to be a great teammate, to be coachable, to be a great leader. And, and it, you know, it, it, it continues on, you know, uh, when you think about uh, professional athletes, right? We only see, you know, we only see professional athletes, you know, maybe you know, during the, when the lights are on, but what we don't see is everything else. And so it's, everything else is really, really important. Yeah. And I love that you, when you kind of said all that together, like I'm hearing you saying it is the little things it's bringing the extra pair of clothes to pull the tarp. It's saying, oh, I'm going to get the coolers. I'm going to help unload. I'm going to load the bus. All of those little things that make a huge difference as far as developing your character and your discipline, and then also really being a part of a team. Well, it's you're hundred percent right, Sarah. It, it, and, and I believe that it permeates beyond the field or court. You know, I, another one of the conversations that I'm thinking about now, as we're talking is with former Clemson star quarterback, Taj Boyd. And I talked to Taj and he told me this story that is, is absolutely incredible. He said, um, they used to, they used to, and this was in the early days, you know, of the Dabo Sweeney era. And, you know, Clemson wasn't like completely on the map. Like they are, like they are now they were building, they were building a culture. And Taj was the star quarterback. And he told me, he said, on Friday nights, we would have team movie nights. And we'd go to a movie theater. We'd have the entire theater to ourselves. And we would be there really late. And, you know, some of the staff would be, you know, hanging around just to to make sure that we had what we need. And after the first movie night, Taj, the team kind of follows out. And Taj starts picking up all the trash around the movie theater. And then he asks one of the workers for a broom. And he starts sweeping. And some of the players start filing back in. And like, what are you doing, Tosh? And he says, I'm cleaning up the movie theater. Nobody clean, nobody cleans up after Clemson. We're going to do this ourselves. And he said to me, Andrew, he said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And in that moment, if I could show them that Taj Boyd, the star quarterback, the leader of the team, was willing to pick up trash after everybody else late at night on a Friday night, imagine what else I'm willing to do to help this team. I'm willing to get to practice early. I'm willing to stay at, stay late at practice. I'm willing to do those extra reps in the gym. I'm willing to study hard. I'm going to sit in the front row at class. I'm going to do all the little things that add up to big things. 
And he said pretty quickly after that, it became a team tradition. They, they even got wow. the blowers and the everything. And they were they were cleaning up these movie theaters after them. And and, and he believes that it, it transcended the entire mm. culture. And, and it was the same way in the locker room. There was, if you saw a piece of trash, you pick it up. And it's little things like that that aren't really little things when you think about it. They are big things. Yeah. Like, and that's just, oh gosh, my brain just goes in so many different directions. Cause I also think about, you know, parents are super involved right now with their high school kids as they're thinking about what this next step is. So what are some things that you've heard from still other coaches or these Olympians that, that, you know, would be really great for parents to know in supporting their kid? I, I think the biggest thing that I've heard and one of the most consistent things I've heard is the role that failure and growing through adversity plays in, in whatever you define as, as success. So creating an environment where it's, you're comfortable failing, comfortable you know, experiencing challenges is, is super, super important. You know, whether you're an Olympic figure skater or uh, Olympic soccer player or a, a swimmer, wh whatever you're doing, if you win a gold medal, everybody around the world is watching like two minutes or a couple minutes and they see you hit everything just right. What the world doesn't see is every time you fell or every time you didn't want to go to the ring or all the challenges that you experienced or the sacrifices that you made. And I think especially in our, you know, Instagram highlight real culture that we live in, it's very easy to forget that people who achieve whatever the definition of success is, like they didn't get there overnight. And I think, you know, as, as, as a parent myself, I, one of the things that I'm really focused in on is uh, creating, creating space where, where my, my kids know it's okay to fail. And actually it's good to fail. It yeah. means that you're pushing yourself and it means that you're growing. And then the second thing is kind of like controlling what you can control. Uh, also looking at it through the lens of, uh, I'll talk about focusing on inputs instead of outputs, right? So the outputs, the output is I, I want to win a gold medal or I want to ace that test or I want to, you know, sell a million dollars, right? Like there's some output that we're working towards, but you can't really always control the output, but what you can control is the input. So you, you can't control what questions the teacher puts on the test. You can't control, you know, if you're a field goal kicker and there's a, maybe a better kicker ahead of you or that you're not vibing well with the coach, but you have to decide what the inputs are that you want that you believe you need to put in to be successful. So if you believe that's, you know, uh, practicing 200 free throws every single day, then practice 200 free throws every single day. And when you're done, put a big X on your calendar and do it again the next day. And then the next day and the next day. And it's no different if you want to read more, right? You know, break it down. How many, you know, you, you want to read, you want to read uh, 12 books a year, you, you, 300 pages each. You, you, you got, you know, you got to read about, you know, X amount of pages a, a day, right? Like right, yeah. focus. So, so that's the other thing too, is we, we're such a uh, out, output based culture, focus on the inputs. Oh, those are such great points. Cause I think too, we can, we can get caught up in the highlight reels. And we're not looking at what's happening behind the scenes. And like, I could sit here and be like, oh my gosh, how many times did I fail? Like all these things. And, and we don't talk about it enough. And so I think that's a really good point is for parents to say, okay, hey, look, it's okay to fail. Like, it's okay to skin your knee, you know? Yeah. Not only is it okay, it's, it's probably good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's necessary for growth. And I think like that's so important to sit there and have those conversations.
Yeah. And I think another, another thing as we're, as we're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, like it being intentional about practicing un, like uncomfortable situations. Right. So, you know, you, there's, there's countless stories of, of high performers in this context, you know, Steph Curry practices taking shots off balance and, and like, well, why would you practice taking a shot off balance? Because most people in the NBA are not going to, you know, just let you have a, a free shot with nobody in your face, right? You're, you're going to, there's, there's something going on, you know, people, people gravitate, you know, to their easiest task, you know, they wake up in the morning, they do their easiest, most painless task. Right. They, they go out to the tennis court and they're really good at hitting forehands and they hit a bunch of forehands and they kind of don't love their backhand. So they kind of stay away from their backhand or they're golfing. And you know, oh, that, 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 that <laughs> iron shot gives me a lot of anxiety. So I'm going to stay away from it and do so. No dive in, you know, create opportunities uh, for, to, to practice, you know, through adversity. That's, that's so important. No, oh, that's such, that's such good advice. And I can just imagine like parents listening saying, okay, yeah, like that's, that's the conversation I'm going to have. Well, Andrew, you know, the podcast is called confessions from the sidelines. So I would love to hear what is your favorite memory of standing on the sidelines? Well, it's interesting. I mean, now, now and we talked about this a little bit, but my, my, my memories now on the sidelines are as a parent, you know, uh, I'm, I'm creating memories on the, on the, on the sidelines. You know, I've got two little girls and they're getting into different sports and activities. And it's been really interesting um, to, to, to watch them and uh, kind of um, relish in some of my, my, my own past experiences. But, but I, I would say, uh, as I think about, you know, my, my, favorite memory is from the sidelines, actually looking at the sidelines and looking at my parents on the sidelines. And I've, I've, I've shared this story with a few people, but you know, my parents were always there for my sporting events and, and uh, as much as they could be. And, you know, even when my dad would work on the weekends, I would look over and I'd see him, you know, 10 minutes into the game, sprinting in, in his dress clothes straight from work with a bag to change in. And I guess my message to to parents is, um, you know, I'm, I'm almost 37 and I still think about those childhood memories of my parents and people supporting me on the sidelines. And, and I would just say to people that, you know, remember that even if kids don't today show that they appreciate it, they're, they're noticing it and, you know, keep showing up, keep doing your part as parents and, and being there is, is, uh, is half the, is half the battle. And, uh, I, I know that's maybe a little bit, a, a, a different answer than you normally get Sarah, but that's something that, you know, I've been thinking about a lot lately. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great answer. So, okay. Andrew, where can everybody find you online and also find the podcast? Well, the podcast, everybody pulls the tarp is uh, available on Apple and Spotify and wherever, any, wherever you stream podcasts. And then I'm pretty active on Twitter at Andrew H Moses. That's Andrew H Moses. And on Instagram, it's Andrew Moses, one, two, three. And we'll be sure to link all of that information in the show notes. So people can connect with you. All right, Sarah, this has been so much fun. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform to rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.